السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وبشرح صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقطة لساني يقه قولي إن شاء الله you guys have been in the absolute best health and iman um, previously and always inshallah I'm just going to get straight into it uh, inshallah I'm going to title this episode I don't know um, if you need to listen to anything before Ramadan it would be this and I'm not going to share anything majority of the stuff I assume you're going to know because if you want to hear about you know what to do in terms of preparation for Ramadan and the benefits of Ramadan and the blessings of Ramadan um, search it on YouTube like you know the importance of Ramadan I don't need to remind you of that but I do need to remind you of it because Allah SWT says in the Quran remind for reminders benefit the believers but I'm going to give it a bit of a different approach inshallah and I want you guys to all listen with your hearts and before we even begin ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as you are hearing this reminder as you are hearing this episode wherever you may be it's not a coincidence that you're listening Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has destined for you to hear this and so I want you to ask yourself what are you going to do with this information is this information going to be useful and it's going to be served for you on the day of judgment or is this you information you're just going to let it go through one ear and it's going to be against you on the day of judgment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to say that you got this reminder and this reminder and this reminder what did you do and so ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right now before we begin to guide your heart while hearing this reminder ya Allah I'm listening to this for your sake I want to prepare for Ramadan I want to be the best Muslim I can be in Ramadan I want you to purify my sins and and elevate my rank and and grant me Jannah through my ibadah in this month of Ramadan and, and allow it to make me a better Muslim for the rest of my life. Take a second, because it's really important. Just stop listening to stuff for the sake of it. Actually, why are you even listening to this? You want to have a better Ramadan. You want to be a better Muslim. Inshallah, Ya Rab. So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for it. You've asked him, now you're listening. You've done both. And so the way I want to begin this episode is with a hadith that I heard the other day from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and I was driving and I was listening to this hadith and I was just listening to a pre-Ramadan talk and I came across it and I'm like, subhanAllah, why haven't I heard of this before? Like it's so impactful and, and, and it just refreshed my perspective towards approaching the month of Ramadan. And subhanAllah, I shared it the other day and I shared my excitement about how I didn't hear it before. My friend was like, babes, our dad shares this with us for the last 20 years. And then I get upset at myself. I'm like, Raz, this hadith has been around for the last 1400 years. Why are you only just getting to it? And it just makes me imagine how many other beautiful teachings and lessons of the Prophet do have I not heard of yet? And it's a whole world out there. And I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to be like steadfast in, in seeking knowledge and seeking the beautiful lessons and hadiths of our beloved Prophet So... I'm really, really like geeking out about this hadith. If you've heard it and it's not new to you, then pretend like it's your first time and let it touch your heart. And so it was narrated by Talha radiallahu an. And during the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there were two men um, who accepted Islam at the same time. And one of the men, they exceeded in every single thing that they did. They strove so hard and then he actually ended up dying as a shaheed. And then there was the, the other man that entered Islam at the same time as him. He didn't really strive. Like he did his bare minimum and he, he went by. Like he was, he, he tried his best and, and he fulfilled all of his obligations and he was a good Muslim. And then he died a year after the other man that died as a shaheed. So the two men entered Islam at the same time. One exerted himself in every single act of worship and he ended up giving his life for the sake of Islam and, and dying as a shaheed. And then the other man, 
he entered Islam at the same time, didn't really go above and beyond as much, and he died a year later. Um, I don't know exactly how he died, but he did not die as a shaheed. And then Talha radiallahu and he is narrating that in his dream, he went up to heaven and he was at the gates of heaven um, alongside these two men. And a caller came out and he took one of the men um, into Jannah first. And if I was to ask you, which man do you think went into Jannah first? You would think the one that strove and died as a shaheed. But the other man actually went into Jannah first. And then that man who didn't strive as much, but he died a year later, um, he entered into Jannah first. And then the um, caller came back and then he took that man who strove very hard and he died as a shaheed and he took him into Jannah and he came back to the gate and he told Talha radiallahu and go back for your time has not come yet. And so Talha woke up from this dream and he narrated to the um, companions of the Prophet peace be upon him and they were all amazed. So news reached the Prophet sallallahu and they went to speak to the Prophet and then the Prophet sallallahu was like, why are you so amazed? And then um, what's it called? I've got it here. The Prophet ﷺ was like, why are you so amazed at that? And then they said, O Messenger of Allah, the first one was the one who strove harder and then he was martyred. But the other one was admitted into paradise before him. And then the Prophet ﷺ asked them, like, did he not stay behind for another year? They said yes. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, and did not Ramadan come and he fasted and he offered such and such prayers during that year? And they said yes. And then the Prophet ﷺ said that the difference between them is greater than the difference between the heavens and the earth. SubhanAllah, like the impact that a year made. They, we are all thinking like the one who strove his whole life and ended up dying as a martyr, went to Jannah after that person. That person who didn't really strive, but he lived that one extra year. He went into Jannah first and the Prophet ﷺ was like, he lived another year. He had another Ramadan and he fasted and he prayed, which are the obligatory acts, but the difference of what that year made, what that Ramadan made, and that difference is greater than the heavens and the earth. So when I say, don't take this Ramadan coming lightly, I really, really mean it. And this hadith was just subhanAllah, it was it was so profound hearing it for the first time, especially I'm not going to lie, like in the last couple of weeks, it's like, yeah, Ramadan is coming. It's a month away. It's three weeks away. It's two weeks away. If I'm being honest, I was feeling lethargic towards it because there's so much going on. I don't have that excitement for anything else in this life anymore because of what is happening in Gaza. I am being bombarded with work and uni and family. And I feel like I don't have a second to breathe. And I, and I felt like approaching Ramadan, I felt as if, but I felt as if it would have been a waste on me at this time. I felt as if I wouldn't have been able to give Ramadan its due right. But subhanAllah, hearing this hadith, fasting and praying in Ramadan, reaching Ramadan is an achievement of itself. How many people do we know that were here, that were here last Ramadan, but they aren't now? If you don't know anyone, you know those 30,000 souls that have passed away in Gaza. They were here last Ramadan, but they're not here anymore. The Sahaba of the Prophet وسلم, would pray, would, would ask Allah to allow them to reach Ramadan six months before Ramadan because they knew how important it was. And Ramadan is a great month. It's a really big and blessed month. In that month, the gates of hell are closed. The gates of heaven are flung wide open. And Allah every single night is picking out people to make hellfire haram upon them. Isn't that the goal? To, to be saved from the hellfire and enter into Jannah. The Prophet ﷺ, I want to 
set the context, just remind you of who this great man was. During the, the incident of Ta'if, when he went to uh, the town of Ta'if to call all of these people to Islam, and, and they did nothing but mock him, call him names, and, and they ended up getting all the women and children and throwing stones at him, throwing stones at him as he was walking alongside Zayd, and I think, and, and until they end, ended up getting outside of the village and, and his, he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam he was bleeding and his feet were bleeding because of, because of what they did to him. He only went there to call them to Islam, to save them from the hellfire. And this is how he was treated. And in that moment, in that moment, an angel comes to him. And, and I'm paraphrasing here, but the angel is like to him, Ya Rasulullah, just, just give me the message. I have permission from Allah, just give me the message. And I can smash that town between these two mountains and get rid of them all. And the Prophet wasallam, as he is the mercy sent to all of mankind, he said, no, maybe one of their offsprings would be righteous. So after all of this is done to him by the kuffar, the Prophet ﷺ still is in hope of them coming into Islam. Is still showing them mercy. The, the Prophet ﷺ is a mercy to all of mankind. So remember that. And one time the Sahaba heard the Prophet ﷺ just saying, Ameen, Ameen, Ameen. And then they, they were like, Ya Rasulullah, what, what are you saying Ameen to? And Jibreel came to him and one of the du'as that Jibreel made was, may, may the curse of Allah be upon the one who enters Ramadan and exits it without, without even attaining the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet wasallam, the mercy to all of mankind, said ameen to that dua. And that just shows you that you literally have to try. You have to try to, to not be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the month of Ramadan. Your fasting, everything has its set reward. Everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 70, 100, 1000, rewards, jannah, rivers, this and all of that for this person. But the fasting, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the reward is is with me it's with me we don't know what the reward is but we know it's great because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasn't even disclosed it to us the fasting person has two joys um in two joys when they're fasting they have the joy when they break their fast and they have the joy when they reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the the smell of your stinky bad breath is more beloved to Allah and and more precious and more beautiful smelling than the smell of musk fasting is something great Ramadan is something great we can't let it just be like we can't let it go what is your goal for Ramadan what is your goal what do you aim to get out of it have you even thought about that what are your plans for the month of Ramadan what du'as are you going to ask what what is heavy on your heart what do you expect to get out of Ramadan because you get exactly what you expect out of it you get exactly what you ask for so SubhanAllah, I just finished um, helping my sister pick her uni allocations and her timetable and all of that. There is such a long planning process involved in it. And this is just to get to university. So first of all, you select your courses, first of all, and then you put them in order. And then once you get your offer, you have to accept whichever one you want. And then you have to enroll in that university. And then you have to enroll in the course. And then you have to pick which subjects you want to do. And once the subjects are, are, are confirmed, then you have to um, allocate the, the timetable preferences that you prefer. And then when the preferences come out, you have to actually allocate into which classes you go into. And once you're allocated into the unit and into the class, you get your timetable and you all of that just for uni. What about your Ramadan? What preparation have you done for your Ramadan? What is your goal for Ramadan? And be honest with yourself. How have you changed from last Ramadan to right now? How did last Ramadan change you? If you can't think of anything, are you going to let this Ramadan be the same? Like, is it just a phase? Is it just a trend? Is it just something exciting that gives you 
an Iman boost and, and it, it's beautiful in the moment, but it leaves you with no movement. What are your goals for Ramadan? What do you want to get out of Ramadan? It's such a foreign question because we never plan for things like this. This could be your last Ramadan. If you were to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after this Ramadan, would you be satisfied with what you put forth? I wouldn't be satisfied with my last Ramadan. Allahumma balighna Ramadan. Like I pray that we, even though Ramadan's a week away, we're not guaranteed to get there. Do you know how many people are in the grave right now kicking and screaming and begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to come back to, to, to just have one more Ramadan? We already know in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the conversations that are going to be had in the future. We already know just from the top of my head, the conversations and the things that the people of the hellfire request. They scream and they, they ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, send us back just so we can pray. Send us back so that we can be righteous. Send us back so that we can give in charity. They say, woe to me, I wish I didn't take so-and-so as a friend. What is your goal for Ramadan? Are you going to let it go to waste just like that? And so I just want you to think about that because it's, it's not just something that we're looking forward to just for the sake of it. We actually want to get something out of Ramadan. We want to be of those people that are forgiven. We want to be of those people that get closer to the Qur'an. We want to be of those people who actually reflect upon the Qur'an. And in the second part of this, I'm going to go through the, our goal with the Qur'an in this blessed month. Just, just, just from the top of my head, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an that fasting, O you who believe, fasting has been prescribed upon you, just the same as it was um, for the people before you, so that you may attain taqwa. So that me may so that you may be God conscious, so that you may become pious and righteous. And the whole fasting is for us to gain taqwa. And when you think about it, being God conscious, fasting does many great things to help you increase in your taqwa. For example, you are giving your basic, you are giving up your basic necessities of food and water to and you and your physical intimate desires that you have, you are giving that up for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And and no one's watching you at times. No one's watching you. You could be all by yourself in your room, in the car. You can have water. You can eat something. But you're not doing it because you know that it is displeasing to Allah and you will be disobeying Him as you have to fast and fasting is prescribed upon you. You see what I mean? You are giving up your basic human needs for the sake of Allah. And if you can do that, you are gaining God consciousness because Whenever you're thirsty, you remember Allah. Whenever you smell your bad breath, you remember Allah. When you are hungry, you remember Allah. You remember that you are fasting for His sake. Whenever you're by yourself and no one's watching, you're not eating, you're not drinking because you are fasting for the sake of Allah. That is God consciousness. That is taqwa right there. And so when you are fasting, you are increasing in taqwa. And that is what it's doing for you. And so just a crazy link. When you are gaining taqwa, what does that mean for the rest of your life? Just just a small ayah I remembered is in Surah Al-Talaq when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And whoever has faith in Allah, whoever has taqwa in Allah, Allah will find him a way out. He will make a way out for them. So let me let me take it back take it back a bit. This Ramadan, if you are not going to give up that sin, this Ramadan. When are you going to give it up? If you are not going to change this Ramadan, when are you going to change? If this Ramadan isn't the Ramadan where you stop this and increase in this, when is it going to be? If not in the month of Ramadan, then when? And if Gaza hasn't changed you, then what will? What more do you need? 
has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not given you reminder after reminder after reminder? What, 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 what's it going to take for you to give that up for the sake of Allah? What's it going to take for you to start increasing in X, Y, and Z ibadah? What's it going to take for you to be a better person, a better Muslim, if not in the month of Ramadan, then when? And so just, just a small reflection. You are fasting to increase in taqwa. A whole 30 days of boot camp of you gaining taqwa. And so whatever sin that you need to leave, Whoever has their trust in Allah, whoever puts taqwa in Allah, then Allah will find them a way out. Whatever you give up for the sake of Allah, Allah will replace with a gazillion times better. And so do you see how fasting, just by giving you that God consciousness, as soon as you go to text that person, you're not going to think of it. As soon as you go to do that haram act, you go to that place, you're not going to do it. Why? Because you have taqwa. You are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just... <laughs> Just, just through that ayah, it's Allah will find you a way out. You have taqwa, Allah will find you a way out. You want to leave something for his sake, but you don't know. You have taqwa, and then Allah finds you a way out. See how it's connected? That's just one small connection that I've just heard recently, and I'm sharing with you. There are a million other connections in the Qur'an. And so just remember that you can change. This Ramadan can be the Ramadan that changes your life. And... I told you, I want to be really quick with this because I don't, I don't want to waffle for too long. And so the first is the first thing I was trying to get across is that this could be your last Ramadan. And the, this Ramadan can make such a great impact on your life. As the Prophet ﷺ said in that hadith, that one year and that one Ramadan, the difference it made in that man's life was greater than the difference between the heavens and the earth. Allah has given you this chance. Allah has allowed you to reach this Ramadan. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to change? And please, 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 is every second of the nights in Ramadan important to you? We know how blessed the nights of Ramadan are. We know the importance of them. Are they important to you? If you say they are important to you, then you won't waste it, right? Is that, isn't that how it works? And... I know here in Sydney, we have our Likimba night markets and people line up hours and hours for potato on a stick or a camel burger or some lemon juice or some chocolate crepes. If every single minute of the nights in Ramadan are important to you, what does it mean when you waste hours in line for food? Is it really important to you? Are you really making the most out of this Ramadan? And this is what I mean. We know how important Ramadan is. We know how important and blessed the nights are. And I wish I could say that these markets are empty from Muslims in the last 10 nights of Ramadan, but they are packed when every single minute could, could be the reason that your whole entire life changed and, and you are saved from the hellfire and you ad, are admitted into Jannah. You are standing in a line for food. Go get it somewhere else. Don't get it this month. Really push yourself this month. And, and pushing yourself and becoming a better person isn't just through giving up the haram. It's when you give up the halal for the sake of Allah, that's when you see true progress. And that's when you know you really are true to your words. Because if every single night of the month of Ramadan is important and special and dear to you, and you really, really need it and want to change your life, you wouldn't waste it anywhere else. And if you do, then just reflect upon yourself right there in that moment. It's like... These are the nights of Ramadan. Allah is sending his mercy down upon me. And I am here hanging out with my friends. We're doing absolutely nothing. If you're doing something, if you're reading Quran, if you're reflecting, if you're benefiting each other, that's something else. But don't, this month you have no time for leisure and for activities and for socializing. Everything's a balance, right? Everything's a balance. But 
when you are in exams, when you have your finals, do you go out and wait three hours in a line for, for, for potato on a stick? You don't. When you have work at 4 a.m. in the morning and you have to be, a, you have to have had a good night of sleep, do you stay out till 1 a.m. and just talking with your friends? You don't. When something is important to you and you need to prepare for it, you take the means. Just reflect upon your life and look at how many ways you have taken the means. But Ramadan doesn't mean anything to us. It's just a cult, like it's just something that we get excited for. And as I said, this this the way that I prepared this talk is by literally looking at a mirror. This talk is a reminder for myself before it is for you. And I told you from the beginning that it is going to be different because as I said, you know how blessed the nights of Ramadan are. But what I'm trying to say to you is what are you doing about it? Is it actually important to you? Because you say yes, you told me yes. But do our actions not go the other way? So don't waste this Ramadan. If you truly cherish every single minute of it and you show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your sincerity, he will change your life. Wallahi, he will change your life. You just have to want it first. You just have to show. Allah says in the Quran that he doesn't change the condition of a people until they change the condition of themselves. Change yourself. Show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how badly you want to be changed and purified. And if you don't, you don't want it. But you need to want it. The fact that you don't want it is something that you should make dua for. Ya Allah, make my heart crave you. Make my heart crave your love and, and make my life only do what is pleasing to you. Ya Allah, I don't have it in me right now. But Ya Allah, I want to be of those people that, that live their life pleasing you. Ya Allah, I want to be of those people where I dislike everything that you dislike. Ya Allah, I bring me closer to you, Ya Allah. I, I don't know where I am right now. I don't know what I need, but I know I need you. And I don't know how to get to you, but Ya Allah, I'm going to try my best. And I, with the limited ayats that I know, with the little bit of Quran that I've memorized, with the little bit of Arabic that I know how to read, Ya Allah, I'm going to use what I can to get closer to you. I'm going to leave off the halal for your sake, Ya Allah. I'm not going to go out and waste my time. I'm just going to sit and make istighfar and remember you, Ya Allah, because I want you. Can we do that? Can we do that? Just change your perspective. If you truly want something, you'll get it. If you truly want something, you'll get it. And so I move on to the second part of this is where I talk about the Qur'an. And what is your goal with the Qur'an this month? Like, what is your goal when you read the Qur'an? Because that's that's something else. Inshallah, Ya Rab, this month we're going to be reading a lot of Qur'an. And the way we approach it really matters. The way we approach reading the Qur'an really matters because... You're going to be spending hours with the Qur'an. What are you looking to get out of it? Once again, I'm not here to tell you about the amazing benefits of the Qur'an. You know many of the benefits of the Qur'an. At least you know the Qur'an is from Allah, that it is a guidance from Allah, it is His words and it is healing and it is there for you to guide you. We know this much, but do we approach it with what we know? For example, the Qur'an, what do you read it for? When you open the Mus'haf, what do you look to get out of it? And there are different levels that you can have, different intentions that you can have. And based off your intention is what you will get out of it. You can read the Qur'an because you're a Muslim. And it's something that people do in the month of Ramadan. We know that the month of Ramadan is the month where the Qur'an came down. So we know that. So we read it. Nice. You get rewards for it. We can read the Qur'an because we get rewards for every single letter um, reading the Qur'an. And that's even wonderful. The Prophet ﷺ told us that you get 10 rewards per letter of the Qur'an that you read. And there are over 300,000 letters in the Qur'an. That's 3 million rewards. 3 million rewards per khatma of the Qur'an. Every single time you read the Qur'an from start to finish, 3 million rewards right there. Wonderful. You can do that. That can be your intention. 
Or you could read the Quran for healing. You could read the Quran because it gives you shifa. We know that the Quran is shifa. Wonderful. You can read the Quran for protection because we know that the you know reading Surah Al-Baqarah protects you from X, Y, and Z. Reading Surah Al-Mulk before you go to bed protects you from the punishment of the grave. You can have all of those intentions. Wonderful. You can read the Quran to find comfort in it. And that's wonderful as well because that's what it's there for as well. You know, you read the surahs that, that comfort your heart and you read the ads about Jannah and, and about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being there for you and, and you get rewarded for that. It impacts you. Wonderful. But is that all you want? Don't you want more from the Qur'an? Don't you want the Qur'an to change your life? What is the first description that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us of the Qur'an in the Qur'an? What is the first description that you come across in the Qur'an? How has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to introduce the Qur'an to us? In Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ That taqwa word is there again. This is the book. There is no doubt about it. And what about this book? It is a guide for those who are mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hudan lil muttaqin. The Quran is a guide. It's 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 that hidayah, it's that guidance. That's that's the first thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the Quran as. And it's a guidance for those who have taqwa. See how taqwa there, taqwa here, taqwa here. There's so many different other places, but every single word of the Quran is chosen by specific, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically chose that word. There is no awajah. There's no like, there's no coincidence. Every single word has been specifically chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so the Quran is a guidance for us. It's meant to guide us. It's meant to change us. It's meant to give us that hidayah as we read it ayah after ayah after ayah. But it's become a khatma race. It's become a race to see how much Qur'an you can memorize, you can read in the month of Ramadan, how much Qur'an you can share on your social media and, and, and share tips and tricks about. Where's the approach that we have for the guidance? Every single time you open the mushaf, you open it, and you say, Ya Allah, guide me through these ayats. Let it change me. Don't just read it and let it go through one ear and through the other. I'm going to share this personal thing. SubhanAllah, I had some incident a couple of months ago and something just didn't work out and, and I was just there and it was literally the night of and I just opened the mushaf and I was like, Ya Allah, <laughs> just guide me. That I sincerely ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to guide me and I just opened the mushaf at an absolute random page and SubhanAllah, the, the ayat I came across was in Surah Al-Fatir and I've read Surah Al-Fatir before multiple times. I've even heard classes on them. But it never just hit me the way that it did that night. And I opened it and the first ayat, it says that whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides to withhold, no one can release. And whatever whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides to release, no one can withhold. And I'm like, no, sadaqallah al-alim. That's it. That's all I needed. And subhanAllah, it just, it did like, it accelerated. Like if I hadn't have heard those ayats at the beginning, I would have been questioning every single decision I had made up until that point. But that's it. That's all I needed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided me through those ayats and he gave my heart healing and helped me realign my purpose. And it was wonderful. <laughs> but that's because of the way I approached the Quran. And I've read those ayats before, but I didn't approach it for guidance. And subhanAllah, see the impact. The Quran reads you. When you sincerely read the Quran, the Quran reads you. And when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance, when you read the Quran, wallahi, your life will change. Look at it. Look at all of these non-Muslims who have opened the Quran in the last couple of months in light of what is happening in Palestine. And look at how they are reading. They are reading the Quran for the first time. 
and they are opening it and they're like dear god if you're out there like guide me that's them that's wallahi they are sincere because subhanallah they read the quran and some of them haven't even finished reading the quran and they change their whole entire lives and they become muslim from what from the quran you and i have access to this quran you and i have been reading this quran for for however long but it hasn't affected us it hasn't made us change anything because of the way we are approaching it they read it once there are some non-Muslims out there who have read the Quran more than you and I combined in the in the last couple of months. Allah aib. <laughs> what are we going to say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So I'm trying to tell you, approach the Quran in a different way. Whenever you come across, whenever you are reading, before you even start reading, ask Allah to guide you through reading this Quran. And when you are reading, if you have a certain portion that you are aiming to read and you get to some ayah and, and it just hits you and it just makes you tear, it makes you think, it makes you ponder, stop read it again read it again listen to the tafsir of it let it apply you know if you have 10 minutes then read it again and again and again and memorize that ayah think about it make make tadabbur like reflect upon that ayah and even if you don't finish your whole portion in that set amount of time it's okay what is the point of you reading the quran to get to a to z even if it doesn't impact you come on if you read like five ayats and you let them settle in your heart and if you let them impact you and if you and if you embody it and act upon it it's better than you reading the whole entire quran and getting nothing out of it get what take this thing out of your head that you are reading the quran just to race just to get as many khatmas done and to read as many pages as you can where is the reflection was the quran sent down to just read it from a to z Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that if this Quran was, was revealed upon a mountain, it, the, the mountain, the big mountains that you see that you can't even push, the big mountains would crumble out of its khashwa. Khashwa? <laughs> what kind of word is that? I'm trying to say fear and khushu. Out of its out of its khushu, out of its fear, like out, out of the heaviness of, of the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Approach the Quran in a different way and watch your life change this Ramadan. So have a goal going into Ramadan in terms of what you want out of it and be true to yourself in what you say about this month about if it is blessed to you if it really means much to you and and if you actually care about this month be honest with yourself and remember if you we, we spoke about this like 20 minutes ago it's been 20 minutes we spoke about this like 20 minutes ago is every single minute in the night of Ramadan important to you if you said yes don't waste it. And every single second you find wasting it, remember this conversation that we had. You said that it was important. So what are you doing? And and really, 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 something that we neglect is our families in the month of Ramadan. It's just a race to masjid to masjid. And especially for the girls, it's it's different for us. And especially with our mums, men and women, we can help our mums. But going and helping them and serving them and cleaning up after dinner and helping them cook and all of that and creating that Islamic environment at home for yourself, for your siblings, for your spouse, it's really important. And don't get angry, you know, if you have an event at Maghrib or at Iftar and if you have to be somewhere and, you know, your 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 family's at home still and they need you, like, priorities, 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 priorities. Really, really aim to get closer to your family this month of Ramadan and to be better towards them. Like, Jannah is at the feet of your mom. This could be your last, this could be your mom's last Ramadan as well. How are you going to serve her this month? How are you going to facilitate for her to have the best month of Ramadan? It just makes me like so sad that our moms are going to go. They're not going to be there. 
And our gender is at their feet. All of our parents, our fathers as well, but the mom is something else. The Prophet وسلم, said, like, your mother, your mother, your mother. Our moms are important. If we serve them this month and really help them reach their Ramadan goals as well, have you asked your mom, like, what would they like to do in the month of Ramadan? What times would they like for themselves? How can you help facilitate that? I don't know. It's just, I, I honestly just thought of it. And I'm thinking to myself, Raz, you need to get on top of this as well. Like, come on, man, you're lacking here. Ask yourself, like, how can you help your mom this, this Ramadan? And so, yeah, Jazakallah khaylan for reaching it till here. And I pray that it was of benefit. And I pray that this Ramadan is a Ramadan that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes us and out of the hellfire and makes hellfire haram upon every single one of us. And I pray that this Ramadan, he, he grants us Jannah and he forgives us for all of our sins. And he turns, up, turns us into these people of taqwa and into these Muslims and into these slaves that we're changed for the rest of our lives. And, and whatever that it is hard to give up, right now that we are doing i pray that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps us give it up for his sake i pray that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps us increase in our acts of ibadah i pray that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us of the righteous people makes us of the people who are companions of the quran i pray that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gets us closer to the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and just makes us crave him sallallahu alayhi wasallam and makes us want to follow in his footsteps every single day and I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all of our sins, forgives all of the martyrs in Palestine, in Gaza, forgives all of those people who have lost their lives in Gaza. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uplifts the ummah, makes us better to help the ummah. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alleviates the suffering of the people in Gaza. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala frees Palestine and creates creates within us and within the ummah people who will free Palestine and, and who will help the Muslims become what we once were during the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Please. Don't waste this Ramadan. Don't block your own potential. This Ramadan could be your last and it could be the Ramadan that changes your life. Actually, you know what? SubhanAllah, I want to end on this. And I'm very sentimental towards Ramadan because, what, three Ramadans ago, I was nowhere on my deen. Three Ramadans ago, to me growing up, Ramadan was just fasting. And when I finished high school, the night times were for the gym. I'd get to go and exercise during the night because I couldn't during the day. And so I wasn't, I was doing my fasting. My prayers weren't there. I didn't have hijab. I never, ever read Quran. This is like, not even three years ago. SubhanAllah. And it was, it came to the last 10 nights of Ramadan. And I felt as if I couldn't do anything. Like I got my monthlies and I felt as if I couldn't do anything. If I can't fast in the month of Ramadan, what the hell? What's the point? SubhanAllah, that's how I thought. And so in the last 10 nights of Ramadan, since I got my monthlies, I decided to read the Quran for the first time. And by reading the Qur'an for the first time, I decided to open it up on YouTube and start from Surah 1. I just searched up on YouTube, Surah 1, Surah 2, Surah 3. And I was like, you know what, 10 minutes every single night in the last 10 nights, I'm going to read um, this Qur'an thing that everyone apparently has been talking about. And it's apparently, you know, really important in Ramadan. I never went to a masjid before. I didn't grow up in that Muslim environment. And so I'm there in Ramadan, last 10 nights, not being able to fast or pray let's open this and then I'm listening I, I couldn't read Arabic at that time I'm listening it to listening to it in Arabic and I'm reading the English translations off YouTube every single night for 10 minutes and I made a promise to myself that I am going to read the Quran for at least 10 minutes every single night and subhanallah alhamdulillah ya Rab, alhamdulillah it's been a practice that I've kept three years later and it all started that night in Ramadan and it has the Quran has changed my life guys I can't tell you enough like <laughs> Can you like not see 
from someone three years ago never read the Quran at all didn't even care about Ramadan just did it because her family's doing it and wasn't wearing hijab and didn't know about anything and alhamdulillah I know a little something now and I'm covering up and alhamdulillah and it all happened in that Ramadan last 10 nights I thought I couldn't do anything that's a reminder for the sisters that can't pray or can't fast during the month of Ramadan there is so much you can do there is so much you can do. You can continue to read Quran off, off your phone, off YouTube and listening to it. You can make so much istighfar. You can continue to make dhikr and dhikr and dhikr. And remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, listen to a tafsir, listen to a reminder. Just sit down with yourself and just make istighfar. Listen to Quran and keep on reading and reflecting upon the ayats. It's not a punishment. It's a, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has designed us this way. And everything he has designed us with, it's a blessing. It's for us, not against us. So... If you are not fasting in the month of Ramadan, you can listen to Quran and you can make istighfar. You can make so much dua. Sit down, challenge yourself. Sit down for at least 20 minutes just making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See if you can do that because Allah, that will change your life as well. And so going back to that, last 10 nights, I'm reading the Quran for the first time. And I'm telling you, my life changed from that moment. From the second I opened the Quran in the last 10 nights of Ramadan, my life has changed because I continued the Quran after that, after even when Ramadan left, I continue those 10 minutes. And as I'm reading that, listening to the ayats, like, I don't even know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saw in me. Seriously, the ayah in Surah Al-Duha, and he found you lost and he guided you. Allah, I was so lost back then. And Allah found, it, found me and he guided me. How? Through the Quran in Ramadan. So Allah, when I'm telling you that, these this Ramadan can be the Ramadan that changes your life. I truly mean it. And honestly, I don't know how or what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saw in me, but he found me lost and he guided me. And he we're here. Alhamdulillah. So please, this Ramadan, let it be the Ramadan that changes your life. This Ramadan, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide you and to make you better and show you the right path and keep you steadfast upon it. Every single time you open the Quran. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance when you are reading this Qur'an. And pray for the ummah. Pray for all of us and be true to yourself. If you say something is important, if you say you really care about something, it's you against you. No one is stopping you. It's you against you and you need to prove to Allah that you want it. Because what, is, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say in Hadith Qudsi? He says, if you walk to me, I will run to you. Take those steps in the month of Ramadan. Give it up for him. Have taqwa in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whoever has taqwa in Allah, Allah will find them a way out. You just have to trust him. You just have to have taqwa. And your fasting is going to give you taqwa. So use that taqwa to leave off those sins and those bad habits that you have been trying to give up for his sake. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let this Ramadan be the Ramadan that your life changes. Jazakallahu khairan. And I'd love to hear your reflections. So comment them or share them with me in DM on Instagram or email them to us. Um, share this, share this like as much as you can before the month of Ramadan because we want as many of our brothers and sisters to hear this. And this wasn't planned at all. As as I was saying, I was driving in the car and I heard this reminder, and I heard a couple other reminders, and and I was giving I'm giving a talk to the sisters about pre Ramadan as well. So I really wanted what I have. I that really. As I said, I talked to a mirror and this is what came to me, not like physically, but this is what I needed. And so this is what I want to give to you. And I want you to share it so that it can be your sadaqah jariya as well. And so that many people can benefit from it as well. Inshallah, ya Rabb. Jazakallahu khairan and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.